Here's a uh, video for you to check out. Twins are plugged in. Baby's asleep. How hard can this get? For men. Besides, I bumped into Chuck Norris at a Pizza Hut once. I think his power's rubbed off on me. Get out of here. Go on, enjoy your mommy getaway weekend. Oh, this weekend was a bad idea. You remember what happened last time we watched the kids? I'm not a pinata. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna need help. of this product may alter your perception of reality. All right, everything looks the same. This is a joke. Guys, it's like the Sahara in this cup. Can somebody hit me with some juice? <sighs> and listen, pulp, no pulp, doesn't make a difference to me. You're the ones dealing with the diaper. Mom goggles. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> I need you to sit on your bottom. Listen to Daddy. You sit on your bottom, okay? Daddy's gonna come get you. Dude, don't move. Don't dance. Just sit on your bottom. Daddy's gonna come get you. Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't you try to stop me. Baby made a poopy, yes you did. Where are your mom goggles? They wouldn't fit over my hazmat suit. Take this. Oh, oh. You're so cute, And then the little boy rocked his mommy. Oh, I love you. Forever. I like you too. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Oh, well, you take it and you fold it from corner to corner. No, I'm, I'm asking the question, how do moms do all of this? How do they handle it all? Well, maybe they have goggles we don't know about. 
it's as if God gave moms a special way of looking at things, you know? Okay, who taught you servanthood? Who modeled grace? Who gave you a taste of what God's love could look like? My mom, Mr. T, and my mom. Anyway, I just think God gave moms a special way of looking at things. Hey, honey. Hey, how's it going at home? It's all good. Guess you could say I'm starting to catch a glimpse of what your world looks like. Oh, really? Yeah. Mama. Hold on, your daughter wants to say something to you. She says she misses you. And she realizes how important you are in her life. And she doesn't know how you do it. And she knows that she can't make it without you. She said all that, huh? I don't know if she said it. But it's what I wanted to say. And I should have said it a lot sooner. I thank God for you. The twins. Um, it, it was nothing. We, we have to go, okay? Um, lo love you, Mommy. If you would turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, we're actually going to get to the message here. Philippians chapter 4, we're going to begin reading in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. Verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I'm in need. For I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Now, we want to say happy Mother's Day if there are children that need to go uh, to Children's Church. You know, I, I capitalize the happy, you know, right? So we've we got to say happy Mother's Day. Yeah. But is it? Is it really a happy Mother's Day? This is an important question this morning, not just because it's Mother's Day, but it's an important question because this year our theme as a church is to fight for joy. So the question is, is it really a happy Mother's Day? Especially when you 
connect phrases, how important it is, we connect phrases that sometimes we see like this one. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Right? You know, we got that kind of happy. I want you to know, mamas, you can fight for joy. Although this phrase up here is not entirely true, nor is it even fair to put all the burden of everyone's joy on mom. How realistic is it for us to have a happy Mother's Day if we're not a happy mother? In some ways, no matter how hard families might try to make this a special happy day, there's no guarantee that it will bring about a happy mother, depending on what's going on inside of you. And understand this morning, this, yes, it's Mother's Day, so the application that I'll be talking about is here, but this applies. This is God's word that applies to all of us, and even in what I just mentioned. To each and every one of us, a special day doesn't necessarily make you feel a special way. Not for long, at least. As we're dealing with biblically honoring our mothers, I think it's safe to say, That God's goal for moms is not to be honored or happy just one day out of the year. Again, mom's going to give amen to that. You know, that's not the goal. It's really not about a day, really. What God wants is for there to be a happy mother's life. Which really comes down to being Happy moms. Uh, how do we do that? Where, where does that happen? And, and, and to know that, to be living a life of joy, how do we do that? So we'll remember the mom goggles that we just saw. Each one of us has choices of what kind of goggles we're going to put on and what we're, how we're going to look at things, where we're going to look for our joy. How are we going to find happiness depends on what goggles we put on ourselves. And all too often we miss out on the happiness because we're focused on what you or your children do and we miss out on the who that can bring us lasting joy. And our focus on just the the do. And again, this applies to all of us this morning to understand the principles here that have to do with a happy dad, a happy son, a happy daughter, a happy a brother or sister or a grandparent or aunt or uncle or whoever you are, happy person, period. can only be found when we look in the right place, get the right goggles on, so to speak. The first question is, are we looking for happiness in what they do? Because we're just going to find a hard way uh, to get happiness of that, but we can feel like when our kids are are wonderful, when they are when they are seen as wonderful kids, oh, they're so polite, you know, and so well behaved, and oh, your child is so helpful, and you know, there's some joy you might find in that uh, that your child is good. Plus, maybe that maybe that somehow reflects that you're a good parent. But but we're really not happy about it because they're not like that at home. Right? Anybody know what I mean? Uh, you know, I don't know what 
child you're talking about. What they do at home doesn't meet what we're expecting from them. And therefore, we're not happy about that. Think of some of the things that we're looking for at times that affects that happiness, uh, those expectations of chores, let's say, of helping around the house, taking care of their own messes, putting away dirty clothes and dirty dishes. And please understand in this, I'm not saying that uh, there shouldn't be expectations of our children to do certain things. What I'm saying is if our expectations are not met or if they are met, either way, that should not affect our joy. Our joy should not be affected by what they do or don't do. But how often does that affect whether we are, uh, whether you are a happy mom? If we find happiness in what is good that is happening in our children's lives, we think that doesn't sound so bad to find happiness in the good that's happening in our children's lives. But the problem is then we find the opposite of happiness when bad is happening in our children's lives. They get good grades. They get good behavior, good friendships, good interactions with others. They'd be good Christians. Let's face it, even for some parents, their expectations are not just good. You have to be great. You've got to be the best. We say we're not looking for our children to be perfect. We just want there not to be any problems. Did you catch that? I, I'm not expecting my child to be perfect. I just don't want there to be any problems. I'm not sure of the difference is there. Uh, I mean, just a slight. Do we struggle with joy when children, or like I said, this is for all of us, do we struggle with joy when others in our life do not score 100% in our book? of what we think they should be doing or saying. Besides the pressure that puts on children, imagine the pressure it puts on a parent who has to struggle with their own happiness because their child is struggling or because this friend of yours is struggling with them and your happiness is all tied up into that. It's like our joy is is a roller coaster ride up and down. One survey showed that moms whose oldest child is five years or younger Moms whose oldest child is five years or younger are more likely to be happier than moms whose youngest child is 13 to 17. They actually give, I didn't give you all the statistics, but I mean, we say, okay. Our joy should not be anchored in, let's say it this way, our joy should be anchored in that which is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Not in the do, but in the who. That's where joy should be anchored. Uh, That's Philippians 4 here. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say it. Rejoice always. It's not a matter of whether they do or they don't. It doesn't matter what's going on. We rejoice. We rejoice and we don't just... And I hope we understand that when the Bible is saying rejoice, it's not just saying, hey, you need to say praise the Lord, whether you like it or not. Praise the Lord for that thing. You know, praise the Lord for you, kid. Rejoice means that it's not just with our words. It's not just with our actions. It's with our whole being. It is joy that comes out. Always. Rejoicing. 
no matter what the circumstances, no matter what is going on on the outside, no matter what the problems, no matter what the people do, we rejoice always. And the key to this is not just rejoicing always, but what does it say? Rejoice in the Lord always. That is our key. We're missing out on the joy when we are looking for what is happening to bring us happiness. Is that what's happening to us? True happiness is not based on what happens. For many reasons, including the fact that you cannot control what happens even in our own life, how are we going to control it really in other people's lives to somehow keep a level of happiness going? For all that, for all that matters, happiness should not be based on what is happening around us in our our circumstances when everything is going crazy and and the day it just starts out horrible as the kid once again stuffs something down and plugs up the toilet that doesn't mean that that should plug up your joy for the rest of the day the fountain of joy should still be going no matter what just happened to the toilet In other words, joy does not happen to you. Joy happens in you. And if you're surrounded, if you are surrendered to Jesus as Lord, not just as your Savior, but you've truly surrendered to Him as Lord and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there is not just that kind of joy, but there is a joy that can happen through you. Verse 6 here. In Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything but everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. When we truly turn it over, when we turn over what is happening in the circumstances, what they are doing or not doing, when we turn it over to the Lord. And the way it talks about here in verse 6, the fountain of joy doesn't have to stop its flow. I know sometimes we, we try to rejoice. We, we start that way. We, but, then, but then something happens. We start feeling sad when we look at other people's happiness. Many of us may not be willing to admit that, but that's what happens for many people is they feel sad when they look at other people's happiness. They get reminded of how their family just seems to be falling short of their expectations, but also expectations of what obviously a good family is supposed to be like. I mean, it's very clear. We can see it whenever we look on Facebook. I mean, Facebook. And and the perfect family pictures of smiling, happy together, parent and child, having fun, appreciating one another. In fact, you could just imagine the music playing in the background as you're looking. So happy together. You know, I could just, uh, it's just, it's, you're, you're listening to this. It's just, uh, it's just so, we end up looking for our happiness in what is happening and what our children do. We sadly look at pictures on social media and think, why can't my family be like that? Number one reason, because they're not like that. Okay, there's number one reason. But you think about it. Where are the pictures of the low times? Where are the pictures that are not so happy? And the reality is that some of those people that you're looking at and wishing that you could be like that 
one, they're not like that. And two, their bad pictures of life are way more than yours. Don't wish for someone else's life. You don't know what they're going through. We've got to admit to our reality that happy moments may not be so happy. The things that are supposed to be happy, that, that the picture of our family is not always going to be our expectation or even what we put at our baseline. But that's not where we find our joy. There isn't a picture-perfect family. Uh, let me just show you a, a, another video from a guy named John Chris that talks about a picture-perfect family. Be rustic denim in front of a barn. Do we live in the suburbs? Yes. Have we ever been to a barn? No. But I thought it would make perfect sense for a Christmas photo. That's what you're going to wear? I didn't spend $40,000 on a liberal arts education for you to shop at Goodwill. Tuck your shirt in. Put your hand up. Is that seriously his haircut? No, Catherine, your boyfriend can't be in the photo. Y'all been dating two weeks. Does he not even own a belt? Why does your elbow go like that? Can we get a scarf for him or something? Cover up that disgusting tattoo. Move your leg in. Move your hand down. Christopher Allen, do you even want to be in this family? This photo is going to your principal. No, Josiah, you can't bring a guitar out here. Mr. A and G chord can't even make the church worship band. You calling that a necklace these days, Chelsea? Looks like you just took the leash off the dog. Oh, for heaven's sakes, Dylan, a tennis racket? Why don't you play a real sport like football roll tag? Sit down. Stand up. Act like you love each other. Me and your mother are respected in this community. She's going through that all-natural, no-makeup stage again. Can we at least put her in the back? Lean forward. Shoulders turn. I know he's living in Portland, but does he even wash his hair now? Can Vanessa at least cover up her stomach or something? This is going to the church. Move your knee in. Are we missing somebody? Wake her up. She's in the car. I know you can't feed the horses. Now get together and act like you love each other. <laughs> yeah, right? That's the picture-perfect family. You get it all there. It doesn't exist. And when we're hanging our happiness on that, it will always fall. Recognize it's not about we do. Trying to find happiness in and through your children will fall short because we all fall short. Yes, don't misunderstand. We can find joy in our children, but ultimately children cannot make us happy, nor should they be responsible for that as us as adults. They should not be responsible for our happiness. We should not be relying on imperfect people to make us happy. At best, all that's happened is we're just going to go up and down, at, and, and at worst, it'll just fade away until like you've got none, and, but you don't just stay there. Some people just move on. I'm just going to go and find somebody else that will make me happy for who knows for how long, and then you just move on to somebody else. All temporary happiness, trying to find other people to fill what ultimately only God can fill. We're looking for happiness in what they do. We're looking at the wrong place. But as well, are we looking for happiness in what we do? 
Uh, here's a chart here from Pew Research Center, some of which I've been using some of those statistics. The percentage of parents who are very happy with their life are also those who thought that they were doing an excellent job as a parent. You see, the percentage of those who are happy with life that feel that they were doing a great job as a parent. Their identity is tied into what they do. They're happy with themselves because they're happy as a mom. Their happiness tied into the success of being a parent, a happiness tied into what they do. Although sometimes it is uh, that way we find, I mean, we think about that, even that whole success in what we do. Sometimes I wonder if it, when good kids turn out, if it's not just God's grace more than it is anything else sometimes. And when you take find, trying to find success in that, it, it, it's, it's a pressure because uh, the same Pew Research broke down for evangelical women shows that 9 in 10 find being a mom the most rewarding and enjoyable. I mean, it fits with this. 9 out of 10 found being a mom mostly rewarding and enjoyable. And yet the reality is, I don't know who you've talked to, but I know others I've talked to. Reality is so many moms struggle at times finding happiness because they live on a road of regret and sadness, even hopelessness at times. How happy are we when we don't feel successful about what we do as parents? Have we really learned the secret that's talked about here in Philippians 4? Look at verse 10. Is he talking about rejoicing greatly in the Lord and uh, you renew the concern and the concern they have? But he's trying to say, listen, I'm, it's not about, I'm glad that you're concerned for me, but that's not what it's about. I mean, that's what it's about for you. You are supposed to be concerned for me because that's the way God works. But that, it doesn't change it for me. I'm glad that's where you are. But if you are concerned for me or if you aren't, if you care or not care, uh, that's not ultimately going to change my life. Paul is saying here, uh, I'm not trying to get you to do something or care about me. He says, I know what it is in verse 12. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I, I know what it is to, to be in need even of, of people to acknowledge me or accept me or people to to somehow find that happiness and I know what it is to have plenty. None of that matters. I have learned, he says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, for I can do everything through him who gives me strength. That's where it is. Have we learned that secret? Being content. It's not about what we do or what others do for us. Finding that tent. It's about what Jesus can do in us. Everything through him. There definitely seems to be a mom guilt out there that not everybody feels. You feel guilty because you don't live up to what either other people or society or 
or your family thinks. You're trying to live up to uh, standards that God himself does not set. Although sometimes our religious churchianity culture sets certain things. We're living up to those standards of, of how we were growing up. And in our own mind, this is the way it should be, even though maybe it wasn't really that way, but that's the way we're thinking. We need to understand in these times as we uh, have guilt that there is a difference between conviction of the Holy Spirit about sin and false guilt. A false guilt that does not come from God. And yes, there are times where we actually have failed. There are actually times we have sinned. But we can still find, even in those, forgiveness and joy. We'll talk more about that next week as we think about getting back you know, to that uh, new beginning now. And part of that meaning that we put the past behind us, even that past that really was wrong, even the rough past. When you try to find happiness in what we do by making let's say in this case we're talking about by making our children happy or keeping them happy. We're trying to find that happiness by, by making them or, or, or keeping them happy. It, it works for a little bit. And so you feel like, okay, you get a little bit of encouragement and so now you're going to do some more and you're just going to try to keep them happy. We can get to the point where we're only happy if the people around us are happy. Our joy is not in the right place. And it's a real problem. Because it's difficult to keep someone happy who is growing and changing in their life of the things even that makes them happy. Like the mom who uh, their kid is having a, a really rough day. I'm going to make I'm gonna make little Johnny happy. And I'm going to make his favorite meal for supper. You know what? Johnny eats hot dogs. Morning, noon, night, and in between. He just loves hot dogs, you know, and, and, and he, he just could eat them all the time. And so she makes those hot dogs thinking, oh, this is going to make Johnny real happy. You know, he's going to be happy. His day's going to pick up. Well, hot dogs made him happy until one day they did not which happened to be the day that she decided to try to make him happy by what she was doing. And Johnny decided from that point on that he did not like hot dogs. In fact, this is, by the way, is a true story. The names have been changed uh, to protect the guilty. Um, but never, ever, ever again did Johnny eat hot dogs. Somewhere we've got this idea that we've got to do everything right to be the perfect parent, to get the perfect, happy family. As if raising children is kind of like baking a cake. If we just carefully follow the popular recipe, we do this and don't do this, teach them this, discipline them this way, then ding, you hear the little thing and you're out, it'll take them out and they turn out just right. As long as you don't make any mistakes. Keep everything as it should be. But the recipe that we're working off of is not the same recipe that our great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents worked off of 100 years ago. Uh, it's not the same recipe that parents worked off of 500 years ago. We're in trouble when we're basing our happiness on trying to be the perfect parent. 
And so he said, oh, no, 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 Pastor. I'm not trying to be perfect. I just don't want to make any mistakes. Right? The reality is none of us are going to be perfect until we stand before Christ and our glorified body. That doesn't mean that we don't strive ahead to be more like Christ. But why we think we have to be perfect in this role when we're not perfect in any other role. There's nothing else that we're doing perfect. Why is this one? The pressure to be the perfect parent, to have the perfect children. I know some laugh. I I gave that up long ago. I gave that, that up long ago thinking that way. But the reality is many didn't actually fully abandon that hope. Instead, just buried that perfect parent with perfect children. We've not really gotten rid of it. It still gnaws at us at times. How many parents somewhere inside would say that there is a sadness? A sadness that you would admit that if I had it to do over again, I would do some things differently. In fact, let me just, how many hands would agree with that? If I had it to do over again, I would do some things differently. Look at this. I mean, it's most of us. And the rest of you are liars. You know? This is what the reality is. I mean, think about it. Would being a perfect parent guarantee you perfect kids? And the answer to that question is, look at our perfect heavenly father. Does he have perfect kids? You know, imagine how if our God, our father, based how he felt about himself, how joyful he was on whether his children obeyed, on how good they were, how successful they were, how happy they were, noticing, of course, that they is us. There are going to be times when what we do falls short of making anybody happy, even if we even as we're trying. Maybe that just trying to do the right thing, trying to be happy, trying to be the family, trying to to do the spiritual thing was something that even happened this morning. You know, you you're really trying. You want it to be. You're trying to do the good thing. Oh, here's another video from John. Thing. We're going like three miles. Who cares? All right, Leave fine. it. What are you doing? It's dry shampoo. Do you think I have time to shower? Why do you need that? Just wake up earlier. Oh, maybe if you'd help me with the kids, okay. I could bathe. I do everything in this house. Can I? Can Babe, you, can you that help? seatbelt thing drives me crazy. It gives me a headache. Can you buckle up? Please? Okay, maybe if you would do your job, I wouldn't have to. Mom, Dylan's mad. Why? Why is he mad? Because he lost his triceratops. Triceratops? Okay, triceratops aren't even in They're the Bible. They're not in the Bible. Okay, they don't we exist. learned creation. Here, put some of this under your eyes. What Did you not get any sleep? I got plenty of sleep. I'm fine. What? Daddy stayed up playing poker. Okay, enough. Play with the Barbies. Can you please learn how to drive? Listen, do your makeup at the house. I don't have time. What is this, chocolate or poops? Baby, I'm trying to put my lipstick on. If hey. you could 
He's, but, le he's learning about David and Goliath. Just let him shoot, okay? Mom, Dylan wants to watch videos on Dad's phone. Oh, I'm sorry, sweetie. Tell Dylan that Daddy's texting and driving okay, and he can't listen, use Okay, listen, I'm navigating, all right? I'm on the GPS. Okay, maybe if you went to church more, you wouldn't have to look up where it is. Can you stop hitting your brother, please? I promise you, if I have to pull this car over, these spankings are about to be deep and wide. If your mother didn't have so many headaches at night, then maybe I wouldn't be such an irritable mood. Well, get control of your family. You get please. control of the steering wheel, please? How long has this coffee been in here? I don't know, since last week. Yeah, I don't care. You're in charge of the kids. Oh, I'm in charge of the kids? Uh, I don't know. Wives, submit to your husbands. Ever read that verse? You ever heard the song, It Takes Two to Make a Thing Go Right? That's not a Bible verse. Sorry, kids. It sounds like Daddy needs a little N-A-P-T-I-M-E. Okay, maybe right Mommy now. needs some M-E-R-L-O-T again. Where is Barbie? Barbie's staying at home today. Okay, maybe Barbie stayed at home because she put on her makeup at the house. Maybe Barbie needs a new kin. But oh, please, can I have that? Look at that. And you would have another baby? We're not guys, going to the playground! Be quiet, I can't handle it. We are going to church. Well, I hope the sermon series is on patience today. Okay, what? You need it. What? Where is it? Can you Come give on. me Where's that? The playground! We're not. Okay, if you guys can act good for just two hours, we'll take you to Pizza Hut after church, okay? Did you just bribe yummy, our children? It's the only thing that works. We're about to go into church. Will you put your phone on silent? Okay, maybe she should put your voice on silent. Okay. Hey, we're like 15 minutes late to church. Should we just act like visitors and park in the front? I don't know. We got to put on our flashers for that. Should we just drop the kids off and go to lunch? Can we even do that? We tie them up. We should be. Mom, Dylan said he has to pee. Let him pee in his pants. I don't care. We have the diaper bag, sweetie. It's the church nursery's problem. No, we're not watching Moana on the way to church. On the way to church, it's always Veggie Tales. On the way home, you can watch whatever you want. We literally don't care. Why on the way to church is it always Veggie Tales? It's, it's Christian. Christian. Now, hopefully, you realize that's not an example of what to do. But more of an example of what really is sometimes. Obviously, we don't want to be like that. And we want to grow and be different from that. But those moments happen. And if we base our happiness, our joy on times like that, by the time we get to the church service, we're really ready to say rejoice in the Lord always, right? If our joy is based off of that. On those kind of things. So there are going to be those times. So what do we do? We just keep, what? Trying harder and harder? Trying to do more and more? While we have less and less happiness? How, how do we do that? You know? We think about the research showing that since 1965, moms have worked more. More hours outside of the house. But you know what also it shows? It shows that moms have spent more time with their kids, more involved with their kids than they were in 1965. Everything's just amped up. Everything. The more pressure and expectations. 77% of adults say women face a lot of pressure to be an involved parent, as opposed to 56 that say that about men. There are different things about men. We can get those on Father's Day. 
How do we find happiness in trying to do it all and be it all in our own strength, including uh, those one in four mothers who are raising children on their own? How can we be the happy mom? And maybe it's not just about working harder. We think, oh, okay, no, it's about working smarter. Right? If we could just work work smarter, if we could just perfectly plan everything out and, and, and... uh, it will all work out if we just get it in God's way. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 8 talks about how we should be. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones, not to mention joy to your soul. I'm not sure why this analogy comes to mind, but as it deals with talking about parenting, but Daniel in the lion's den, how did he survive? Was it because of how strong he was? Was it because of how smart he was? how good a person he was. It didn't have anything to do with what he did. It's not about the do. It was about the who. He knew. God and God alone. All our self-effort to be a good parent can end up stealing the joy. We end up carrying more than what Jesus intended for us to carry. And he says it here in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. To take that yoke, his yoke, the easy and burden, that's the way it should be. Not this stuff that's more and more and trying to somehow find the fulfillment, somehow find the joy that is not going to be found in any of those things. Instead, where we find it is happy are the people whose God is the Lord. We can feel like, you know what? We're not enough. We're not mom enough. We're not a parent enough. I'm not a person enough. The reality is none of us is enough to bring about happiness and wholeness in the life of someone else. I want to make sure we hear this. None of us is enough to bring about happiness or wholeness in the life of someone else. That's not how God created us. Each of us, God created us in a sense with a God-shaped hole in our soul that no other person can fit. Only God's can fit in this God-shaped hole. And when we're trying to find that happiness, that joy to others, or we're trying to be that joy, that happiness to others, it will always fall short because we don't fit there. That was never the way it was intended to be. Rather, it was intended that we would show the way to the one who is more than enough. When we are we when we are weak, he is strong. 
We know that His grace is sufficient. We read, in our powerlessness, He is powerful. Admitting our need, accepting His provision, it not only helps us, but it helps our family to see an example of someone who cannot do it. To say, I'm not enough, is okay if it's pointing to the one who is enough, because that's really what our job is to be about. We talked earlier about uh, joy like a fountain in this year, joy like a fountain. I just feel like sometimes we're looking at the wrong fountain where we're trying to stare at uh, Old Faithful, thinking, you know, and you never know when Old Faithful is going to come up. It could be now, it could be later, it could be hours and hours from now. When it does... It might just be a little bit or it might be something amazing. That's kind of the way parenting is. You know, you don't really know when you're going to get the joy, the, the great uh, gush of joy coming out. And maybe it may not happen. We look, but we keep staring and trying to find that joy in that fountain when we need to turn our eyes upon Jesus and find that that's the fountain where our joy can really spring up. Here's what it comes down to especially for those who are moms today, we need to realize as we find our happiness, not in the do, but in the who, this is it. To realize that your ultimate, everlasting, abundant happiness comes from being daughters of the king, not mothers of kids. It comes from being daughters of the king. Ultimately, the joy and happiness. Please understand, I'm not saying in any way Kids are a blessing. They bring joy. But when we are looking as that as our fountain, we're not, like we sang earlier, building our life upon His love, upon a firm foundation. In fact, as the worship team would come. That's what we're going to be. The one thing that we are going to be through all eternity, only thing we're going to be is His kids. Happy Mother's Day starts with being happy moms. And that happens by recognizing the one who loves us and that we are called to love more than anything or anyone else on this universe to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength.